What is going on, everyone? This is Rich Killen with the Welcome to Hope podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about something that uh, is, 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 I guess, near and dear to my heart to a certain degree, uh, something I'm, I'm a little passionate about. Um, it has to do with kind of this stigma in mental health. Um, uh, more specifically, I, I want to talk about stigma within these occupations, like first responders, um, you know, and I guess I would kind of include anybody in a profession where they are, uh, like really serving other people. Um, I, I would include other therapists in this conversation. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe even teachers to a certain degree, but, you know, I think there's this, this stigma with a lot of these people. Um, and, and I, I pulled up some kind of statistics here. Um, you know, in this article I'm looking at, uh, it's a, from this Kaiser Permanente business article back in 2005, but it says, uh, the role of a first responder is to help others. Strength, bravery, and grit are highly valued, and employees often take on a whatever-it-takes mentality. And I think this mindset, which I don't know, I think is is needed in these professions. Uh, you know, the things that they they go through are very scary and difficult, and so there needs to be a lot of strength and bravery and grit to get through it. But I think where the stigma comes in is that it's assumed that you also can't have any effects from the things that you're doing. Right. And, and I don't know the, I'm, I'm not a first responder. Um, but I know a lot of people that are, I have a lot of respect for them. Um, because the things that they see on a daily basis are extremely difficult. Um, you know, they're seeing tragedy after tragedy, um, nurses and doctors are, you know, um, you know, a pediatric nurse might be handing dead babies to their parents, you know, and you do that day in and day out. Like that's, that's going to take a toll on you. Um, and, and so because of that, it creates, like you become kind of calloused and to a certain degree, I think you need that because of the things that, that they're, they're doing on a regular basis. But, but I don't think that that callousness is good for the long term. Like there needs to be an outlet. And unfortunately there's a stigma still where people in certain fields are afraid to seek help. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. A lot of these organizations, um, you know, fire departments, police officers, uh, even in, in hospital settings and things like that, they've got these like EAP programs, employee assistant programs to help, but there's, there's still this fear associated with seeking help. Um, in the same article I, I referenced, um, it says 57% fear negative repercussions for seeking help and 40% fear being demoted or fired. Um, I remember talking to somebody, um, they, they had a friend who was a FBI agent. Um, and they went to, they, they were looking to seek 
counseling, which their which the government provided for them. But they also knew that they would be closely looking at what was going on and they were afraid that there would be some sort of label put on them or something like this. And so this person went to go see a, a life coach instead. Um, and there's, there's just something wrong with that. I think, um, you know, that I think in, in some ways, these are people that probably need the counseling. Um, I don't want to say more, but they, they at least need to be participating in counseling more than they typically are. Um, well, and have that professional help, right? Having that professional guidance, life coaches are just people who can just create a business and have a conversation with you. Whereas counselors are legally and ethically and educationally bound to help you and, and, and have trainings or have some kind of idea of how your psychological brain works to have a more professional help. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because typically what, what, people in these fields do is they, they kind of, they, they keep it inside. Um, you know, and I, I know people in the medical field that like they, they only, they only feel like they can talk to other people in the medical field, uh, which is great. Like they have that support and to a certain degree. I totally understand that. Um, because there's, there's certain things that, you know, most people just wouldn't understand. And, and same thing with police officers, firefighters, uh, paramedics, you know, you, you name it. Um, but there, there's something to be said, like you were talking about Whitney for having that professional help. Um, you know, the first responders, for example, are five times more likely to experience depression and PTSD. Wow. That, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think as, as a society, we we look at these people and just expect them to to be okay. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I don't I don't think we were made to to like see death and tragedy all the time. Mm. And yet, that that's what a lot of a lot of these these individuals are, are having to do and, and that's part of their job. And so because it's part of their job, it's like, well, it's, that's, you know, you signed up for it. Um, you know, and, and so I, I say all this, not because I, I expect to make some sort of change. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily know what the, the solution is here. Um, but I, I think that something does need to change um, because there is this stigma. There is a fear of uh, some sort of retaliation or some sort of label being put on, um, you know, on these individuals in this field or being looked down upon. Um, you know, uh, Whitney and I were talking a little bit before this as we were, um, kind of preparing for, uh, for this, this episode. Um, and what, what was it when you were saying about, um, therapists even? Oh, just how it's like, 
frowned upon how like if somebody found out that their therapist had a therapist they're like how good is a therapist if a therapist needs to see another therapist and it's like i i i'm sure your doctor also has a doctor or your mailman has a mailman like we all need help we're all human right we all you know aren't on this pedestal of being god like right eventually you know we take on so much empathy or we have empathy fatigue or have our own life drama mm-hmm. that we just need time to process on our own yeah yeah and, and i think there's even this fear within our own profession as therapists where you know, we, we have a, a counseling board that sort of governs us. And so there's almost like this fear of like, what if, what if the board gets wind of some of this stuff that I'm feeling and thinking about and how will that affect my career? And, um, you know, which is, uh, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it is. Yeah. The, I think the worst part is like the, so as counselors, we have to renew our license every two years and it, it, I think it's ridiculous that as counselors, you're like frowned upon to see a counselor to get help. And God forbid that counselor labeled you in order to have insurance as something dramatic that the board would deem you unfit for as a counselor. Right. Right. So then you are more likely to opt into a life coach or your mom (laughs) because that is more safer than even, you know even anything else yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah again i i don't necessarily know what what the solution is here um but i I think that that there needs to be a conversation around this um and i i told i told whitney when we were talking about doing this like i i didn't want this to turn into a rant (laughs) Um, because it it is something that I am passionate about because I have, uh, a lot of friends and family members that, uh, that would sort of be in this population. Um, but you know, police officers and firefighters are, they're more likely to die by suicide, uh, than actually in the line of duty. Um, you know, I, and especially that these are the people that are are serving us as a community mm-hmm. um in in some capacity or another um and it's that service to us that is really affecting their lives um in ways that um in in, in ways that they're really not able to get help for um So what do you think is the difference between, you know, like you talked about firefighters and policemen and Mm -hmm. these are people who are like very much like actively constantly in touch with the public. Right. And that we put on pedestals of, of, you know, this is somebody who shouldn't be having psychiatric problems or, Mm -hmm. you know, depression or anything like that Mm -hmm. versus like our truck drivers who deliver our food or our farmers who have to take care of all of our food or our supply and demands. Like if the people at Amazon all of a sudden start falling off the planet with depression and jumping out the third story building, like right. nobody really blinks an eye. Right. Yeah. 
And, and that's a good point because I, I and I, I don't mean this to take away from anybody else that has a difficult job, um, mm-hmm. or somebody else that's dealing with trauma of some sort. Um, and I, I, this is not to to minimize any of that kind of stuff. Um, I think part of this is just that, like this, this is their job. Mm. You know, uh, the, the Amazon driver. Uh, I mean, people on the roads are scary. <laughs> yeah, and, th- and that could be traumatic in and of itself. <laughs> Here in Arizona, for sure. <laughs> um. But you see what I'm saying of how, like, we, you know, it's so much more stigmatizing for firefighters or for police officers yeah. versus those kind of people, which I don't understand why. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is a little bit of a, a culture there. Mm. Um, and maybe that's the part that needs to be changed is is this mindset. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's more si- more so like inside like an internal mm. uh a thing um you know we I, we've talked about before uh in, in previous podcasts like i i've i played sports my whole life um and there's all there's this there's this uh feeling kind of in in a lot of sports where maybe not so much at least when i was playing because i'm getting old now and 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 i'm feeling that age but uh, i i like to think maybe this has changed a little bit um over the years but when i played there was this this mindset of like you don't you don't show emotion Mm. um and if you're hurt you don't act like you're hurt um Mm. you know i this is maybe a a slight tangent but you know i i've i've worked with uh people in addiction who got started in addiction because they were playing sports and their coach said, if you don't play, you lose your spot. And so they got into drugs to help them deal with the pain so that they could play because that's, you know, um, so that, that's kind of that, that culture that exists even in, in athletics and sports. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think there's this similar kind of a thing in these professions where, you know, if, if you're struggling with something, you know, if you're feeling depressed, if you just had a difficult call that you just went out to, uh, that you can't let it affect you. Mm. Um, and you just have to stuff that, uh, shove that down deep, um, and not let it ever come out again. Um, you know, and, and I, I think, Again, this is this is my own opinion, and I, I don't want this to get, um, you know, maybe political or, or anything like that. But you know, I, I think part of the issue is you you have first responders that go out on these really difficult calls, and then maybe they come out to, uh, you know, a, a traffic stop or something that's maybe not quite as intense, but you know, how could that last call not still be affecting you? Right. Yeah. The, the hypeness or the, what is it called? The, the adrenaline rush right. that people end up feeling from, you know, just going from a domestic 
abuse situation or something with high intensity to then turning around to doing something that's supposed to be just super mundane right? and it not affecting them. And then people are like, why would you respond like that? Why would you, you know, how come yeah. you didn't do X, Y, and Z? And you're like, the adrenaline is so high. How can you think yeah. clearly? Yeah. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that, not not excuse certain actions by you know people in these fields because you know um but and i'm not going to also assume that i know all of the factors involved in these kinds of things but I, i'm just saying that i think that is a factor mm-hmm. is how could you not respond um in a slightly different way than you might otherwise because you were just in this like really difficult situation Right. Um, you know, like you, yeah, like you, you domestic violence situation, or you just, I don't know, pulled a, pulled a, a young child out of a swimming pool or something like that. And you've got young kids at home and that, that's, that's right. going to affect you. And then you go, you know, you just have to shove that down and go on to the next call and like, right. Like I, ER nurses that respond critically to things and then have to go home and have to you know be different at home or even you know surgeons or those kind of things yeah yeah come home and like you've got kids and you you're you know almost expected to be you know happy-go-lucky and uh because you don't want that to affect your family and so that just gets Mm -hmm. pushed further and further down and um yeah i mean that that's that's hard Mm -hmm. um and, and, you know, again, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think there is a point where if, if somebody is not uh, stable, then maybe they, they shouldn't be, you know, maybe they need to take a little bit of a break from their job or, or things of that nature. Same thing with therapists. You know, there comes a point where, uh, you know, we need to take a break <laughs> because right, we're it's not like burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, so. And I feel like that's given a lot more grace, like in our field too, like in our field, I feel like everybody who's a counselor has always been like, what are you doing for your self care? Don't have burnout, take time for yourself, right? Right. People, you tell people I see 40 clients a week, they're like, oh, what are you doing for your self care? (laughs) But you, you know, but you hear a firefighter or a surgeon or somebody who does something dramatic and they're like, oh yeah, I just worked 60 hours this week. You're like, nobody asks them, hey, are you going to take time off for your self care? Are you going to yeah. be okay? Yeah. Do you need somebody to talk to? Like, we're like, oh, good luck with that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that's why you see, you know, substance abuse is a big thing in, mm. in these populations that we're talking about, because how else do you cope with that? Right. You know, in some ways that that's seen as a more, uh, I guess, socially acceptable coping skill in, in, yeah. inside those, inside those groups. Right. Um, you know, whether it's drinking or uh, other substances, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that obviously has its own, uh, uh, consequences involved Mm. in it. Um, you know, that might make them feel better in the moment and maybe they're happier when they come home to their, their family or, or whatever, but but that's still like th- that's not the same as talking about it as 
having mm-hmm. some sort of outlet, some po- positive outlet for what they've just experienced and, and what they have just gone through. So, um, again, I, I know I'm going to repeat this, uh, or I'm repeating this multiple times. I, I'm, I'm not saying I have an answer for this. Mm. Um, I'm just saying there, there needs to be something else. Um, and, and, you know, my, my heart goes out to people in these professions, um, because it's, um, because they go through things that most people don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for whatever reason, they feel as though, as though they don't have the, the support, um, you know, and, and sometimes like we talked about, they, there's organizations that say that they are there to support them, whether it's an EAP program and, and all that. And that, that's great. I'm not knocking those. Um, but there's still this, this stigma, uh, this feeling of being judged because of, um, what they're going through. And, and so I guess that that's kind of the point of this is, um, you know, is trying to, to understand their perspective, mm-hmm. uh, the things that, that they're going through on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, at, as a therapist, like this being a therapist is not easy by any means. Um, because we're, we're, talking about some very difficult things in people's lives and we we all genuinely care about the people we're talking to and so uh, but but we're we still hold on to some of that emotion that our clients are going through um you know so this this job can be very emotionally draining um and so we we need therapy we need to practice good self-care in that but but at the same time, like we're, we're not seeing things that these first responders are seeing. Um, mm. And I'm not saying one is necessarily better than another. I'm just saying it's, it's different um, and at least equally difficult, if not more so, um, you know, but they're, they're seeing these things on a regular basis. And, and like you said, you brought up a good point. The nice thing in our field is a lot of times other therapists are very supportive of practicing good self-care uh that's that's talked about i remember having conversations about that in grad school um and i don't know that that's talked about very much in those in this kind of first responder kind of category um about you know taking time out for yourself and making sure that you're in a good place with your mental health and all of that and and so you know maybe that needs to be more of a conversation um but i I think there needs to be just more of a, uh, I guess, understanding of what is, what these, what these individuals are going through on a regular basis. Cause they're, they're doing it to serve the general population. Um, you know, not for their own, well, maybe sometimes, but I think a lot of times that they, they have this call to serve. Right. Um, they're yeah. not doing it for their own kicks and giggles. Um, and yet they're, you know, they're kind of, uh, I don't know, they're suffering because of it. Yeah. 
Well, and I think you're you're in the right place too. Of like, the more you shed light on situations like this or on this kind of stigmatization, the more it's gonna be like acceptable or more not necessarily acceptable, but like of a conversation to be had where somebody could change you know mm-hmm. something you know they recognize mm-hmm. hey it is a cultural thing or is it it is x y and z or we could do differently and so you know when when people do respond to a hard situation i mean i understand like being low staffed and everything else especially after covid but yeah you know being able you know like in our field in private practice field we're able to be like you know what i've been having like a lot of hard cases lately like i'm gonna take some time off or whatever so then being able to have that leniency at your job of you know wow that was extremely traumatic i'm gonna take some time off Mm -hmm. even if it's just a day or the rest of the afternoon or Mm -hmm. you know whatever that looks like to be able to come off of the adrenaline or the the hypeness or the trauma that was experienced being able to take a step back which i think a lot of those kind of first responders don't get the opportunity to you hear them working extremely long hours yeah yeah away from their family for what 12 hours or or longer yeah um so yeah yeah um so again it those listening to this, please don't see this as a, uh, you know, a, a, a anything political because it's 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 not that. I'm my goal here is just to try and shed some light and and maybe uh, start a conversation of sorts, um, you know. And and my hope is that with future episodes down the road, we can talk about other areas where there is this uh, stigma with within mental health um but this i i felt like was just a good place to start because of um because it's something that is uh dear to my heart um you know just because i've got a lot of family and and friends that would kind of fit this category and i i see the things that they they go through on a regular basis um and kind of I can see in them this expectation of, you know, we, we just don't talk about it because um, one, it's my job and I'm expected to do it or two, nobody else will understand it anyway. So why talk about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you are a, a first responder or somebody, uh, maybe there's a, there's probably a profession out there that I'm missing that we could probably include in this. So if you feel like this applies to you, then I'm still talking to you. Um, but if you feel like you are one of those people, uh, I, I would just encourage you to reach out, um, you know, in some capacity or another, um, you know, because these things are, are difficult. Um, and, and I really think you, that we all need to be able to talk about these difficult and traumatic things that we go through on a regular basis. Uh, and I think this is also a good time to point out when I when I say traumatic, uh, there, there's different kinds of traumas, right? There's mm-hmm. there's what they call the big T traumas, which are these huge kind of uh, life altering kinds of things. Uh, it could be a big car accident. It could be you know it, it's those types of things. But there's also th- these more little T traumas, and in some ways these are are worse. 
Um, but they're they're smaller things, but they're just repetitive. It's day in, it's day out, it's it's the same thing over and over again. Just these negative experiences. And so when I when I say traumatic, I'm not just talking about these big kind of life altering uh, types of situations. I'm also talking about these little t traumas. Um, but we really need to be able to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be able to talk about the struggles that we're having and do it openly without a fear of being judged or of, you know, that it's going to affect my job in some way, shape or form or anything along those lines. And so again, my, my hope is just to, to be able to start this conversation and, uh, maybe we'll be able to have some more similar conversations as as we go forward. Yeah, certainly. And I would encourage people who are listening to us, if they do feel like any of this resonates with them, to give them give them hope. And and that's why we're called Welcome to Hope. <laughs> Here with Life Tree Counseling, we have three different locations, right? Scottsdale, Phoenix, Glendale. Like if we are resonating with you and you feel like yeah you should get some help like we are a hundred percent here for you Mm -hmm. yeah so and obviously there's no judgment involved or any of the stigmatization that's placed upon it because we're here to tell you like it's okay to get help yeah absolutely well said uh so anyway hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh and stay tuned for more great content from the Welcome to Hope podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Give us a shout out. We would also love to hear from you. So thanks, guys. Thanks. The content in this program is not intended to be a substitute for professional counseling, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking counseling because of something you have heard on this podcast. If you or someone you know is in need of counseling in the state of Arizona, feel free to call us at 602-488-6104. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call 911 immediately. If you are in Maricopa County, Arizona and are in a behavioral health crisis, you can call the crisis hotline at 1-800-631-1314. If you are outside of Maricopa County, please call your local crisis hotline or call 1-800-273-8255. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.